everybody, welcome back to Remixed. It's a brand new season, a brand new year, a brand new decade. Same old hosts. I'm your, well, I am your host, Jack Gillespie, and I have a wonderful guest with me to, today. Hey, everybody. My name is Bailey Clevenger. I am the Senior Features Editor here at Byte BSU. So everything that's not news and a review, that's my section. I do all of that. She do everything. I do. <laughs> and including today, she's going to be a wonderful guest host. Um, so how about just to start off, just kick off the new year, or at least it's been like, it's halfway through January already. I know. It's scary. I know. But since this is the first episode of the season of the everything, what did you listen to over break? Over break. Mm-hmm. So I know you're going to get mad at me for saying this one because I mention it every time I'm on Remix, but it's just the truth. Harry Styles', Styles album came out. Fine Line. So yep. Yes, yeah, so Fine Line. <laughs> we stand Fine Line. We know that. So um, do. I was listening to that, but I did listen to other things too. Uh, right now, I really love Girl in Red and Megan the Stallion. Oh, uh, Megan. So much. I heard that she just released a single for her upcoming studio album. Oh, she did? I think it's called, it's spelled B-I-T-C-H. I I love that. Oh, wait, no, actually, I think it's actually spelled correctly. That's just ingrained in my mind, so that's all I can say it as now. That's funny. But yeah, I don't know if we can say the word, but she has a song called that out now. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love her. I love her energy. I love that she just, like, does not care. I also love that she is, like low-key like body positive because she's like this is what i look like she's like i work out all the time oh my god yeah she's like i'm gonna do what i want there's like like, this photo of her like in the mountains with like like a manager or something like security guard and like she is honestly towering a little bit she is a unit but like in the best way possible she is amazing yeah she's amazing her music is good oh duh Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just like I absolutely live for a woman who does not care, who does whatever she wants. Like, I know that sometimes that's not like possible because of like expectations and whatnot. Yeah. But like when a woman really just like goes for it and she has like, I don't know. I just love her music, too. It's fun. It's a good time. And sometimes when I'm done, like crying to fine line, I want to listen to something upbeat that's going to make me want to cry less. So. And what's a better way to cut off fine line than with Hot Girl Summer? The true 100%. album closer to fine line. 100%. I love it. <laughs> Bailey just has a playlist that is just the album fine line, but it just has Hot Girl Summer added to the end of it. It's the perfect. It's, it, honestly, it's the perfect yeah. end to the album. <laughs> um, but for me personally, one of the things I started listening to was this band called Mercury Rev. Um, they're like a neo psych sort of thing that was kicking a lot in the mid '90s. Though they're still releasing albums. Um, I didn't know before I started listening to it, but as I was listening to, it, I was like, "This sounds like the Flaming Lips, but like Disneyfied." And little did I know that some of the people in Mercury Rev were part of the Flaming Lips. But yeah, I listened to their their album. I think it's called Deser- Deserter Songs. Uh, it's like came out like 1996, and like I really enjoyed it. I think that the influences it has from like Disney soundtrack stuff, like it sort of has this whimsical sort of sound to it, but still has like a weirdo um, psychedelic edge to mm-hmm. it that like the Flaming Lips sort of bring to their stuff. And like I really enjoyed it. It's definitely, I've been trying to catch up on like a lot of 90s music because like honestly, mm-hmm. as much as it's hailed as like one of the best decades, I am disappointingly low in the amount of music from the 90s yeah. I've listened to. Like, Me too. Got a lot of Bjork under my belt. I got uh, D'Angelo, but oh, so much stuff. I have not listened to a full Nirvana mm-hmm. album. I haven't either. I I don't know. I feel like I'm definitely just kind of caught up in like 2000s like pop because 
when I tell you I love 2000s pop, like, I love all pop. That's probably my favorite genre. Yeah. But, like, 2000s pop, 2000s, like, punk slash emo, like, all of that stuff. Yeah, and I'm I must, live for it. I got really into music in, like, the mid-2010s. Like, yeah. a lot of my favorite albums are from that era because it's, it's, like, oh, yeah. I have, like, a personal connection to a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So... It's yeah. going to be fun to go back in time to, like, all the previous decades. Oh, yeah. But also, speaking of 2010s, another thing I was listening to a lot um, over the break was Dorian Electra. They are an amazing pop artist. Um, their album Flamboyant came out in 2019. It is one of my favorites of the year. Oh, I love that. It is just amazing. Like, their whole image, um, it's very gender-bending. It's mm-hmm. so breaking this, like, of... So singular they? Uh, yeah. Thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Just, um, I didn't know if it was a band or, or not. I was just confirming. It's okay. Gotcha. They're a wonderful artist and just like, that almost was like 35 minutes of just like track after track after track of like mm-hmm. bouncy, off the wall, freaky, just like dance pop. It's mm-hmm. just like, sounds, sounds so, so good. Fun. For fans of like Charlie XCX and that sort of Camp Sophie, I definitely recommend checking out Dorian Electra. Though I think songs like Man to Man and, uh, career boy like they have like this 80s synth pop dance pop sort of vibe that i think anybody could get down that for so fun i love that it does and like all the lyrics concern like work politics gender politics Ooh, and just yes. like snaps for that and it, and it makes it fun it's not like oh, yeah. sitting in like to a lecture as much as i love a gender studies lecture yeah they make it they make the topics that That's people true. might see as too academic super fun oh, yeah. and just accessible yeah i really like that idea too because my second major is women's and gender studies and i love having it as a major but like sometimes having it be so academic is like it's really inaccessible sometimes yeah so taking that content and making it accessible that's i love that so as your homework you need to listen to flamboyant by yes. dorian electra oh my gosh and I'll actually take it to all of my wgs professors actually <laughs> today um the deluxe version of the album came out so there's four new tracks and a remix of one of the songs we'll remix one of my favorite songs off the album it's called the song's called adam and steve <gasps> i love that so much and like okay also you need to look at see the music videos that dorian electra comes up with because they Mm-hmm. are some of the best music videos that are coming out right now. They are just so creative aesthetically mm-hmm. and just like they have such a brand aesthetic. It's, uh, I love a good music video. <sighs> I don't watch that many of them, but when I do find a good one, like I really latch onto it. Adore so, you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adore You was good though. It was good. It was good. genuinely so good. Like, even was... if it was eight minutes long. Honestly, I love when like a music video is like going like screw it, we're making a short film, right? eight minutes, ten minutes. Oh yeah, whole movies. I love like the immersion factor of that. It's amazing. Exactly. Okay, so that was a fun little intro to get into it. So now let's get into the news, and uh, this is honestly this is good news. We love good news. Yes, we do. And it starts off with the Stereo Gum, the music publication, has now become an independent publication. Um, recently, the Hollywood Reporter, Billboard Media Group, the people who, um, so basically like Billboard and Hollywood Reporter, I guess, <laughs> yeah. they agreed to sell Spin Magazine and the online music publication Stereo Gum. So while Spin went to Next Management Partners, which is described in an article by Pitchfork as a private equity firm that specializes in digital media sounds very human and down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, Stereogum, they actually sold it to the editor in chief and founder of the original publication, Scott Lapatine. Mm-hmm. He said, um, It's been a privilege to watch Stereogum grow over the past 18 years. The site saw record traffic in 2019, and I'm thrilled about our next chapter as an independent music only publication. I so. I think this is just wonderful news for like music oh, yeah. journalism in a time where I feel like journalism in general doesn't get oh, yeah. good news that often and oftentimes gets yeah. bad news. 
um, if y'all haven't paid attention to like, this kind of news, um, it seems like every month or every two months you find out a certain media publication or like um, a magazine just laid off a bunch of their workers. Yeah. The most recent case being yeah. College Humor. It's happened to BuzzFeed. It happened to Vice Media. Out yeah. Magazine saw a lot of its like higher ups like leave. I love Out. That makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hope, I think that... I hope that it also gives a chance for like new blood to get into the yeah. top because I hope so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But do you think this might signify something that could be a trend of this happening of good news for music journalist publications? I mean, I certainly would hope so because I know that even like some of our colleagues here in the Unified Media Lab, like they have seen, you know, issues with the journalism industry kind of just like struggling because of like what the culture of journalism is right now. And I think especially music journalism is is important because, you know, straight fact reporting is important, like other kinds of reporting are important. But at the end of the day, like what is the first thing you think about when you think about like a generation or you think about a decade? It's the music. And you can find everything from that decade in that music. So it's really important to be you know, keeping a record of that. So I would hope that things go well yeah, for, th- for music journalism. I think that's true. And I feel like an argument that everyone's always like, oh, everybody's a critic and that the emergence of social media as like a place where so many people can express their opinion on music has, they people say like it makes like critics, like professional critics like void. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true because I feel like mm-hmm. someone who is like educated in sort of like the craft and just like, has a perspective on it that's super super educated on it is it's desperately needed still oh yeah i agree i don't think also like i know that there are some people who maybe can't like differentiate super well between information but i honestly really don't think anybody is going to be confusing like an amateur like twitter reviewer or like blog reviewer or something like that with like a whole publication yeah i don't know maybe i am just saying that because like it's easy for me to differentiate because i am immersed in the industry like i am a journalist yeah but i feel like nobody is really confusing those and i think it's you know it's necessary still so exactly i guess like as a precursor to this story we may have a little bit of bias yeah as people (laughs) who are music journalists or media journalists but yeah and i think that one thing that isn't looked at enough is that like people in like the publication in the industry they not only do write about music but they have access to people in the industry so i think that's important to have people that are one-to-one making connections with them and like Mm -hmm intervening with them because like if it just became the narrative was only constructed by the artists and there really isn't left for any critique of possible yeah. of anything like i as much as i love artists like lana del rey and lizzo they have had moments where they were ex- like their album didn't get as good reviews or didn't get mm-hmm. exactly what what they wanted to hear out of reviews they were just like uh all these music critics like they're fake news and like i remember especially lizzo had this tweet where she said that people who write about music but can't make it should not have jobs Ooh, I have, or I'm like should be fired on that one yeah i love lizzo but i'm gonna big 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 disagree um i see kind of the same thing with halsey um i love halsey she is one of my favorite artists of the decade if not of all time i love her as a person and i love her music and um she definitely a lot on twitter will like you know come at journalists and I feel like there is a disconnect between people 
and like journalists, even though journalists like are people. Like we're not some kind of robots yeah. or something. But, I think that's like, something not like many people realize. You no, know? there is a disconnect. People don't maybe not like necessarily understand that there are publications that really are not journalistic. Like TMZ, for example, not journalistic. And I feel like when people think about the journalism industry, that's what they think about immediately. But you know, as a journalism student something we hear all the time and I know you hear this too because you're in journalism too but we have to up like uphold like morals ethics all of that stuff and like I said I feel like there's a disconnect I feel like I don't know what we could do to change that but it's um yeah I'm just gonna say like there's a big disagree there because yeah you don't have to do something to understand it like it's our job to interpret things and you know report information about it Exactly. So. I've always seen the thing where people are just like, you can't judge food if you if you don't know how to cook. Just like, mm-hmm. no, like, food critics can still exist. Yeah. It's <sighs> like, I might not be a chef, but I know that I do not want to eat SpaghettiOs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't want to eat yeah. SpaghettiOs yeah. at my fancy French restaurant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Same yeah. Concept. Love your local journalist. Yes. Support your local Support journalism. Support journalism, please. Exactly. <laughs> I want to have a job when I graduate. <laughs> <laughs> please hire us. <laughs> please. <laughs> anyway, going on to the next topic of news. Um, this is a bit of a yikesy. So Deborah Dugan, who was the CEO slash um, president of the Recording Academy, has been put on administrative leave. And this makes it even more worse is because, uh, if you didn't know, the Grammys are in a week. And the Recording Academy sort of has a lot to do with the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> so according to this article from Billboard, um, she's been so she's been in her position since August 1st. She um, overtook um, Neil Portnow. He was the he was in a position for like years upon years. But like he's sort of caught a bunch of fire after the 2018 Grammys when only one woman won an award mm-hmm. um, on a, a televised award, at least. And he told them to like step it up in order to get awards that yikes that he did like try to back up like scale back but like still mm-hmm. the man said that he got yeah. a lot of flack for that yeah. especially considering the oscar so white like oscar mm-hmm. so male like all that sort of discourse going on right yeah. now that was the worst thing you could have said mm-hmm. and he resigned in the middle of 2018 mm-hmm. and um deborah has been the lead up until then until now because mm-hmm. she is now on Ministry of Leave, and uh, if you are asking, well, maybe she'll come back, it's specifically in the article, it said, when asked if there was an expectation that Dugan might return following the investigation, one source replied, and this is the entire quote, no. <laughs> what a deep and moving quote. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you can answer something in one word, in something like this, that's a pretty solid answer. Yeah. And a lot of the, it goes into the article that there are serious concerns that were brought to the board about Deborah, um, including like reports of misconduct. So the details really weren't um, laid out. Like in this article, there are a lot of, it feels like a lot of anonymous. It's like a lot of using of the word a source or mm-hmm. sources. So mm-hmm. it's a bit like in the dark of what exactly is going on here. But what we do know is that. Deborah, she is stepping down. Um, so yeah, <laughs> definitely not the best thing to have happen. Um, going to Grammys, though, they do say a source again, a very vague source. Um, they say that um, 
The removal will not affect the Grammys, especially since Dugan reportedly decided she wasn't going to address the audience before her departure, which is something that usually the CEO slash president did. Yeah. So that that's what the sources say. But what do you do? You believe that? Do you think that it won't if it will affect the Grammys or not? I mean, I feel like. What was it? Was it last year, year before? When the, was it the Oscars that didn't have a, like a host or something? Uh, that, yeah, I think you know it was I'm because about. When, Kevin, when Kevin Hart. Hart stepped down. Yeah, I mean, my thing is that like award shows, you know, they, I mean, not as much as they used to, but they still like make money. People tune in, like all of that stuff. Yeah. I feel like since there's money involved, like they're gonna find any way to make it work that they can. Um, especially just because like. I think they've already announced, like, performers and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they have. Like, a week out, I'm sure they have. Yeah, it's not so, like... like, I don't know. I'm really not worried about the Grammys. They'll be fine. Yeah. So... Though, I don't know about the future. Well, they'll, they'll have to get, like, a present CEO to come in. Like, oh, there's yeah. probably, like, someone who's already like, okay, you're in charge for now. Mm-hmm. And I, I do agree that I don't think it's going to affect this Grammys right now, because, like, it would be insane if, like, the Grammys are like, oh, no, we don't have everything planned out a week before the event. Like, one of yeah. the largest events, like, the largest event in the music industry. Yeah. So... It, I'm not worried about this Grammy, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that coming from a reign as president that is so reportedly um, rocky as Deborah's, as Dugan's, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where they go next, because um, yeah. like, she only went for, like, was PC over, like, a, less than a year mm-hmm. after report yeah. now, who was, like, oh, decades. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So... It'll be interesting to see if the Recording Academy can find, like, a sense of stability after this, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because award shows are on the decline anyway. Like I said, I mean, they still make money, but they are on the decline. We actually have an article about that in Byte, if y'all want to check it out. It's talking about how, like, over the last few years, less and less and less and less and less people are tuning in to award shows. Yeah. And, like, it kind of just evaluates, like, is that, like, a sustainable thing? We don't know. It might be, it's half, like not many people watch like cable tv or like mm-hmm. tv much anymore i know i don't but also i just so. feel like people just like have started losing faith in the um like grammys and oscars because oh, yeah. of things like oscars so white and stuff like that oh yeah and it's a really sad look that like deborah was brought on after uh example of this sort of behavior mm-hmm. from like the academies mm-hmm. and to see her reign sort of be cut short by oh, yeah. like it seemed like very poor just like education mismanagement of like yeah hopping in so it's really sad to see that sort of oh yeah happen absolutely and as far as like losing faith in award shows goes i think i definitely lost faith after the last grammys when they made this whole big thing about they were going to do a tribute for mac miller they were going to like have his family there you know all of that stuff and then they completely just like snubbed him from the whole thing that's that was a big thing that made me lose faith in that because i was like they really did they just like exploit his family and like his tragic death, like, for views, I think they did. So, like I said, I I think they'll be fine, but I think you're right that people are losing faith in them. Yeah. They'll be fine for this year, at least. In the future, I don't know. I, who's to say? But yeah, And as much as I have many reservations about the Academy and the choices they've made mm-hmm. throughout the years, mm-hmm. I think it would still be good to see, like, them to get out of it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, those are the two news things we decided to cover today. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of businessy, yeah. serious, yeah. rather than like us covering Drake being booed at a major f- yeah. music festival. Yeah, that's funny. 
But yeah, let's go on to the new releases. So first we're going to talk about albums, and here's one that we're going to start off that I think you might have a lot of interest in, Halsey. Mm-hmm. Yes! Her new album, Manic, is out. It's her third record. It has the hit track, Without Me, which, mm-hmm. so I know, I honestly really like it. I see a lot oh, of people yeah. dunking on it, just like, oh, it's just boring. But I honestly, I think it has like a unique sort of sound oh, yeah. to like, sort of like the trap pop sort oh, of yeah. I absolutely wave. agree. For sure. I think, I don't know, in general, I think people give Halsey a lot of hate for no reason. Yeah. And it makes me really mad because genuinely she is, I think she's a good person. She's very outspoken. She is very, you know, like her own person. Like I was talking about earlier when I was talking about Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. I, I love, especially when women can like speak out and they're not afraid and they'll say what they think, what they believe. And I feel like that shines through in her music a lot and she makes the music that she wants to make and even if people like make fun of her or make fun of how she sings or whatever she's like all right whatever like this is still me and she makes good music too i don't know why people want to dunk on her so much so yeah and i think a reason that so many people dunk on her is like that outspokenness that like is oh, yeah. definitely one of her best strengths but also like one of the things she's most derided for i think oh yeah I'll, personally a lot of my friends are like that are more fans of, like underground stuff they sort of deride her because like for a while she wanted her music to be labeled as alternative and indie mm-hmm. um and like some people were just like that doesn't sound like indie that doesn't sound like alternative but yeah. like the sound of alternative and stuff is changing like that's true all yeah. the big rock bands are going to, like synth pop and like there's nothing wrong with that but like i feel like just trying to be gatekeepers of what is alternative yeah because like the the phrase indie rock it does not have any meaning anymore because like all the indie rock bands, like the big ones, they're mm-hmm. on major labels now. They're like mm-hmm. doing world tours. Yeah. So like you can't just uh, films. People are just like such gatekeepers yeah. and like communities are supposed to be for artists that just want to eschew the usual. And I think yeah. in some ways Halsey does do that. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Especially if you look at Badlands you look at Hopeless Fountain Kingdom and then you look at Manic, they're all so completely different. And even Manic, like in itself, is so different song to song. And I don't particularly care for it, like because I like a cohesive album. Yeah. But I think that's exactly what she was going for. And I think she executed it really well. Like she has songs on there, like You Should Be Sad, which has a little bit of a twang to it, which is really cool. And then she has songs on there like finally slash beautiful stranger oh yeah I, I which think is I like one. was in like a folk beautiful. song like a folk country song it's um it no it's not really country it's a little bit like it's just like a beautiful little like you know it sounds a little kind of like badlands a little bit that like yearning longing like that kind of like i don't want to call it a love song but it has the same sort of like vibe like if you could think it reminds me a lot of um is her is there somewhere from room, her Room 93 EP, um, which is one of the saddest songs ever. <laughs> and it's one of my favorites by her. Uh, but it reminds me of that a lot, and it's just beautiful. So, yeah, the, I will have to critique Halsey in one thing. She didn't put Nightmare on the album. That okay, song was so that's good. That's a tragedy. You're that right. is a tragedy. Oh, yeah. Halsey's canceled. That's true. <laughs> We're canceling her for not putting Nightmare on the album. Nightmare the, is such a good song. The thing with Nightmare is that it's so good and the music video is amazing oh my god that one scene where she's on like the spider web just like yeah Yeah. y'all can't see but whatever (laughs) but (laughs) yeah yeah. y'all should check out nightmare if you haven't honestly i think it might be my favorite halsey song even my mom likes that song oh (laughs) it cracks me up my mom will like listen to the same music as i do even though she's very much like an 80s like hair band sort of gal because that you know was her time period yeah but um 
she tries to get into the stuff that I listen to. Like, she listens to Harry Styles. She loves Halsey. Aww. So she loves Nightmare. I'll get in the car sometimes, and she'll turn it on on purpose. So it's there's your song, Bailey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, Nightmare is good. Um, Manic so far is good. I haven't gotten through a lot of it, but I've gotten through, like, a little bit of it. And so far, like, song by song, it's good, but it's a little detached. But that that's okay. Nothing wrong with little yeah. versatility. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so some more albums that have come out is of Montreal's album Year Fun. It's their 16th studio album. They've been kicking it since 1997. <laughs> um, and they're always changing. They're always changing genres, always changing styles. And this time they're going for more of an 80s new wave synth pop sort of vibe. I remember listening to the lead single for it. I think it's called Peace to All Freaks, and that's the name of the lead single. And I, I generally enjoyed it. It has really captures that sort of like kind of cheesy but also super yeah. passionate 80s like oh, let's yeah. get out of here we're rebelling against the system sort of 80s that. song like s- sort of like the same like theme as like come on eileen which is all about let's get out come of this on town eileen. stop that's one of my favorite songs honestly same one of the best pop songs of the 80s oh yeah absolutely or like just in general exactly honestly. so but yeah i'm a huge fan of like some of a montreal song albums i don't like all of them i, don't, I haven't even listened to all 16 of them <laughs> That's but albums. but That's yeah, fair. their album Satanic Panic in the Attic is super good. Like mm-hmm. it's got a bunch of just great psychedelic groovy pop songs. Mm-hmm. And I think their album also Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer is super good. Sort of like their big most acclaimed album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are two ones I definitely recommend checking out. Yeah. And how about check out yeah, the new one? Absolutely. Um also we got Muramasa with album RYC. And this one's very interesting because half the singles were like these like dance synth pop songs mm-hmm. and the other half were like these punky hip-hop songs like mm-hmm. one of the songs features slow tie uh british rapper slow tie who's always like super political super like industrial hard on his hard like core on like his tracks and like they combined to make like a really f- crazy quirky r- aggressive song i love that and there's also a song with clara that is very much mm-hmm. a album song you see clara being on super soft and like sweet and poppy I love so, that. Yeah, I love the mix of all of those. It is wild. <laughs> that sounds like everything I love all in one. I'm going to have to check that out. Speaking of something we love, we have a very radical album. We got um, the album Good Luck Everybody by AJJ, <laughs> previously known as Andrew Jackson Jihad, which they sort of saw as sort of not the best band name for a bunch of white guys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, at least I'm pretty sure most of them are white, but yeah. still, it's sort of a... Uh, yeah but yeah their new album good like everybody it's their seventh record and it is gonna be uh, is a super super political folk record with i like some of these song titles like normalization blues no justice no peace no hope and my personal favorite song title of the year super guillotine 2020 i can absolutely (laughs) get behind that i listen i really hate the idea that like some people seem to hold that like you should keep politics out of everything that's not like, you know, politics, because to me, at least everything is political. Exactly. And I really, really appreciate an artist, anybody, like not even just an artist, other people as well who can understand that and like bring politics kind of into what they do, because it's literally just how we function like as a society, like politics are essential and it's important to understand them. And if you just ignore them, like why? Why? Why exactly. are you doing that? <laughs> so I can really, really appreciate that. I also think 
politics are something that people are always passionate about. Like nobody's ever just lukewarm about a political opinion that they have. So well, I know some people well, that who, who are not affected by politics, but they yeah. think they're better than everybody else because like I don't have to care about politics. Like yeah, I don't exactly. care about politics because like it's because you don't need to because you like the system yeah. is serving you right now. Exactly, exactly. That's it's like a position of privilege to not have to care. So I I just I really appreciate somebody who can take that passion because you know if you have a political opinion you're, you're probably passionate about it and if they're like i haven't heard it yet but i definitely am going to write that down and listen to it yeah because i really love the idea of taking the passion that you can feel about something political and putting it into music and art and like all of that which is, is i just love music and art and all that stuff and i think that's a cool way to express that you know what i like music too yeah <laughs> i think i'll listen to more of it and also the album's been like 27 minutes so it sounds like a really quick listen yeah 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 um, and we got one more album that we're going to talk about. Oh, we're going to dunk on it. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey, at I'm least sorry. save that for later. I'm sorry. But I'm yeah. going to dunk on it. <laughs> Eminem decided to surprise drop an album, Music to be Murdered by. Um, it was, yeah, it was a surprise album drop similar to his album Kamikaze, which he released because his 2017 album Revival was so bad that he was like, yo, guys, I'm sorry, that album was bad, so I'm going to release this new one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think he needs for a surprise drop another one because this one also was not good. <laughs> yeah. I um I was kind of reading through some of the lyrics and I saw that that was one that you had like noted. Yeah, the one that the one about, uh, got a lot of people uh, in... Uh, in outrage you, rightfully yeah do you want to read it or you want uh to so yeah on the song unaccommodating which itself sounds pretty edgy he has the lyric but i'm contemplating yelling bombs away on the game like i'm outside of an ariana grande concert waiting i oh <laughs> this is where we start dunking because i read that and i got so mad yeah like how disrespectful how disrespectful like i know that his whole like gimmick or whatever it was, ooh, nobody can control yeah, me. Ooh, I'm, I'm so edgy. edgy. <laughs> I'm going to offend everyone. Like, ooh. It's like, when is he going to stop pretending that it's funny to just be like... Haha, ha, people die. Like, when is he... Am I allowed, am I allowed to say dick? Jerk. <laughs> when, when is he going to stop pretending that it's cool for him to be just like a jerk to everyone? It's like, if you really are so passionate about music and you want to make it and you think you're great or whatever, take your lyrics and do something good with them. Like, stop being so terrible to people. Like, I just couldn't imagine. Yeah, and like, early in his career, like, he was very much like this. Mm -hmm. That's what he's been known for since, like, yeah. pretty much the beginning of his career. But I could forgive that. I'm not going to say I love it because, like, I feel like a lot of stuff is aged really poorly. Mm -hmm. It's very much early 2000s shock comedy that yeah. I feel like is aged badly. Oh, yeah. I could forgive it because, one, he had, like, this bad guy sort of persona. And, two, he was honestly funnier back then a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and, three, like, he was sort of, like, an anti-hero because, like, he w did come from, like, extreme poverty and just, like, a mm -hmm. terrible family situation. Yeah. So, like, early in his career, I could understand, like, okay, cool. He's, like, an anti-hero, like, a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Marshall Mathers, you are reaching 50 years old. Yeah. You are, like... 20 years into your career exactly more than 20 years into your career nobody is taking you seriously anymore yeah. and you just trying to recapture the energy of your youth this terribly it does yeah. not look good it is embarrassing yeah exactly and like here here's my thing is like i don't care for him at, at like as a person nor as an artist 
I can say that much. But I guess I also could give him like a little, like a little bit of credit, you know, just a little bit of credit for like, like his lyrics are like clever-ish. Like some of them, not all of them. Most of them are just like offensive and like on purpose. Yeah. And like dumb jokes. Clearly he has some kind of talent for talent for like lyrics so I don't understand why he wouldn't want to channel that instead of channeling hate, channeling, like, making fun of people who were traumatized. Like, I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, I'd, that doesn't connect in my brain, why you would want to do that with a talent that you have, clearly. So, I don't know. And it doesn't just, make sense to me. His fan base is full of people who love to see him prod, to see him provoke people. Oh, yeah. It's just like, be that, be the bad guy. Yeah. Like, people love that, too. I don't get, I don't get that either. Like, because I know that, like, at least in my household, like, we really, really loved Eminem. I don't anymore just because, like, now I'm a grown woman and I have my own opinions. But, like, yeah. <laughs> that was, like, a thing. Like, you know, like, a lot of my family members really loved Eminem. And if I said anything, like, I didn't like him, they were like, oh, no, he's one of the greats. Like, they make excuses for him because they're like, oh, but he's a genius. He's so talented. Like, sure, you can be talented. But, like, are you actually doing something meaningful with the talent? that you have and the art that you're creating i think that's what matters yeah honestly I, i'm just tired of eminem i just that's true take a nap I do. do something else please you've been making like he's constantly been declining in quality for mm-hmm. the past like since 2010 and oh, even yeah. then he was pretty bad Revol- like all the singles from revival and, like revival in general is just boring as mm-hmm. sin i just yeah. wish he'd like retire I'm I'm tired of Eminem discourse. Yeah. <laughs> so too. let's talk about someone who's actually exciting and enjoyable yeah. to talk about. Rina Sawayama. I yeah. love her so much. I'm sorry, bias, bias. Okay. But yeah, she has her, a second single for her new, just announced upcoming album called Sawayama. It's coming out April 17th, <laughs> and the song is called Comme des Garçons. Ooh, parentheses like the boys or like brackets like the boys. I like that. It, but yeah, her first song for the this album was called STFU, and it went into a new metal direction. This is a different new. It's gonna be it's got like a new disco sort of feel, super funky, sort of like a lot of this stuff from Dua Lipa. And I love those new Dua Lipa songs, and I love this new Rina Sawayama song. So I'm so excited for this album to come out. It's probably one of the most anticipated of the year. Yeah. Um, and a couple more songs we got. Uh, we got the BTS. We got the BTS boys. <laughs> <laughs> they have a new song called Black Swan. It's going to be the lead single for their project, Map of the Soul 7. Uh, I listen to it. It's honestly pretty decent. I feel like people give... I feel like it's always fun to dunk on BTS because of their mm-hmm. fan base. And like, well, yes, it's... They, they're they very eccentric. Yeah. I cannot say too much about it because like one of my best friends back home is a BTS stan. So. Yeah. I have friends that are BTS stans too. Don't come <laughs> at me, please. We <laughs> we are BTS allies. Yeah, yeah. I don't listen to them or anything, but I'm not going to like dunk on them just because like, well, first of all, I think a lot of people that are dunking on them are like racist. Yeah. On, I always so. see this one video people share about like, oh my gosh, shut up BTS stans and like they make they voice like someone's voicing over like a picture of bts and it's like the most stereotypical asian accent i hate that so i mean like just because something is in a different language from what i know doesn't make it bad i just haven't like i really can't comment because i haven't listened to them that much um but clearly they have something they're doing something right because they have lots of fans yeah so like 
Yeah. And I think BTS it, allies here. I think it's another case of like the Twilights and like the One Directions yeah. of like it's it's loved a lot by teenage oh, girls. Yes. So that means it is I have strong feelings it is about that. Fine <laughs> to dunk on them because ha oh, teenage girls they have such dumb interests. It's <laughs> not like it's not like enjoying Michael Bay Transformers movies. Those yeah. are those are easy, dumb fun till you're allowed to enjoy. Not yeah, exactly. not silly, not like fun, dumb girl stuff. That's bad. Oh yeah. Listen, when I this is coming from someone who used to be a One Direction stan. Like when I tell you that teenage girls slash like stands of anything, mostly teenage girls though, are so powerful. Okay, listen, like. Though they do make they are, mistakes. They make mistakes. And I'm not going to make excuses for, like, you know, the stands because stand culture is something. But, like, something. listen, I mean, it's because a lot of the aspects of stuff like that is, like, fan fiction. People do art. People do, like, people do all kinds of stuff with that. And we literally created, like, at least the One Direction fandom created, like, this whole era this whole community like community basically and we supported this group that we really liked and they ended up being really successful because we decided that we really liked them like a lot of the time teenage girls like when they have their thing that they like it becomes successful because like they're passionate they're about passionate it. yeah yeah so there's nothing wrong with having passion about things people just don't like women so <laughs> oop there we go. <laughs> and I think that even people are just like, oh my god, all this stuff that they make is so cringy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> we can cut that out. Yeah. But just, um, just a lot of it ahead. is teenage people trying to find themselves oh, yeah. through art and like through like the media that they consume. And like everybody had like the stuff that they enjoyed as a teenager that they might not be enjoy as much mm-hmm. now. But just because like some teenage girls are going through that that doesn't oh, yeah. give you the right to just like harass and harass upon oh, yeah. them and make them feel terrible about their form of like expression oh yeah one direction was important to me listen when i was like 15 that was it like that was my like main like inspiration for stuff like i know i was dramatic when i was 15 because we're all angsty when we're teenagers but true i don't know ultimately <laughs> like like we said i think we're we're bts allies here we're not gonna make fun of them we're there for you army yes <laughs> the only army we'll ever be for i'm That's... kidding <laughs> can we keep that <laughs> i oh hope so <laughs> he might be kidding but i'm not <laughs> <laughs> all right and one more song uh, we got jonas brothers with what a man gotta do mm. What? I haven't heard this yet, but I do like the Jonas Brothers because I liked them too. I didn't like them as much as I liked One Direction, but I can still get behind a little bit of Jonas yeah. Brothers. Yeah. I feel like the recent Jonas Brothers have been hit or miss. Sucker was yeah. decent. Yeah. Uh, only like Human Sucker. wasn't that bad. And I think I think their re- their comeback. I feel like them is just like people as yeah. just like presence yeah. on like pop culture. They they're oh, having yeah. fun with it. Oh yeah, I think which they're I having appreciate. a great time. They're not like, trying to be like we're back, we're older, we're edgy. Yeah. They're just like they're we just were like, a boy okay. band. We got wives. We're having fun. Yeah. They're self aware, and it's like it's fun. Yeah. Now we I don't. Brothers too. Yeah. We we support you, brothers, including yeah. Frankie Jonas. Yeah, that's true. The forgotten, <laughs> the forgotten Jonas brother. I feel Aww. so bad for him. He was on the TV show. Someone hug him. Is he okay? <laughs> oh no. But anyway, we have a topic that I wouldn't really describe as fun. Yeah. But definitely rewarding. And We're important. gonna be getting to our album discussion of the week. Um Mac Miller Circles. Now, um a little bit of background for people who who may not be fully informed on the situation or just you wanna recap. So Pittsburgh rap pit, ooh, that's a great start to the segment. <laughs> <You're> fine. <laughs> Pittsburgh rapper Mac Miller, um he was 
making so much stuff. He started off like in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. He's he was making music for years. He's always consistent. Um, he shocked the nation when on September 7th, 2018, he passed away due to an accidental drug overdose. Um, drug addiction and depression was something that Miller was open about his throughout his career, his issues with it. And uh, especially on his album in 2018, Swimming, um, which came out just like a couple months before his passing. But yeah, um, it definitely shocked, I feel like everybody. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely did. I know that, um, sorry, not to get emotional. I'm getting a little teary. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we might get a bit yeah, We might get a little teary here. Um, so my best friend, uh, we've been best friends for eight years. And like, we based like our whole friendship kind of on Mac Miller just because like, we had like matching Mac Miller shirts. And I'm sorry, I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm sorry. But uh, we had matching Mac Miller shirts and we would stay up until like 3 a.m., listening to Blue Slide Park, like, I remember the first time I heard, like, Frick Park Market because I love that song so much. And um, it's just a lot. It's a lot because he was such a genuine artist. He was so good. Everything he did was good, you know? Like, I genuinely can't think of a Mac Miller song that I don't like. Yeah, and as a and person, was, you know, I authentic and- never heard a single person in the industry or person in general mm-hmm. have anything bad to say oh, about yeah. him. Absolutely. So it definitely coming from the perspective of somebody like I like I said, I built a friendship off of that music. It's very deeply personal to me. It was devastating. Like I remember being at work and my best friend, the one that I was talking about, she texted me and she was like, dude, like Mac is gone. I was like, no, like you like you're messing with me right now. Like, that's not funny. Stop it. And then I checked Twitter and I was like, oh, my God, like I really like I was just in shock. I didn't even process it for like a couple days because he had just been so important. Like, I know there were a couple of years where I kind of like fallen off because, you know, like music, like your yeah, your taste taste changed, changes and evolves. Your focus has changed. So like I listened. I know I loved Blue Slide Park and then I kind of like fell off a little bit right after that. But I still listened to him like in passing at least. And I, I knew he was always there, you know, like I always loved him. And then I kind of came back around around like the time of like the Divine Feminine and then definitely for swimming. So just having like it was recent too, like right before he passed that I had started kind of like getting back into all of his music. And I just it's I don't know. <laughs> I just I'm getting off on a tangent here just because like his music has always meant a lot to me. Well, it's so. okay. I feel like this this episode's going to be yeah. like that though. But yeah, um on January 8th of this year, his family posted on Max Instagram the announcement of Circles, uh his first posthumous release that wasn't like a feature. I remember there was a song from The Free Nationals where he featured on it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, um the album was in process of being made before his passing. He was working with the producer, John Bryan. Um, this was supposed to be a companion to Swimming. And uh, after Max passing, John Bryan dedicated himself to finishing the record after it, trying to stay um, loyal to what the original goal of the record was. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Along with the post talking about the announcement of the album, um, the song Good News came out. Yeah. I feel like it crushed everyone. Yeah, it really, especially the one line where he's like, there's a whole lot waiting for me on the other side. Oh, there's a lot. When I tell you I was in public when I heard that song for the first time and I was like, okay, don't cry. (laughs) It's fine. Don't cry. I feel like there are a lot of lines 
on the song and like on the album that definitely also have that. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because not to jump too ahead, but the album it's got a lot of demons, got a lot of mm-hmm. sadness put into oh, it. Yeah. Um but there are glimmers of it, like points mm-hmm. in it where it's obvious that Mac is trying to he he sees hope. He sees yeah. happiness in some aspects of life and just hearing the optimism in that is just knowing the context, knowing the circumstances. It, yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I have I hadn't listened to too much Mac Miller. I've always been aware of him. Always been like mm-hmm. appreciative of his position in the music industry and just like the wide scope of it all. Um, but yeah, good news. Even as someone who wasn't personally invested in Mac Miller's story as much as other people did. It was a lot. Yeah. I feel like it was a lot for everybody. And yeah. it's just, even just like outside, like the lyrics, outside, like the emotional potency. Mm-hmm. It's honestly like a really good song. It's, 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 it's stripped back. Okay. It is just super low key, mm-hmm. but it's still honestly memorable. It's catchy. It's oh, just yeah. like, like the, it's, I don't think it's strange. I think it's like acoustic guitar, but yeah. like it's such a, a lovely, sort of it's sound beautiful. to it oh yeah i absolutely agree i think it's gorgeous i, I don't think they could have picked a better song yeah. to lead it off to yeah, sort of like capture the people the just like the nation to bring it to attention yeah. like this is like the it may we don't know if it's gonna be the last posthumous release mm-hmm. from mac because like he does have a lot of material rumors say that mm-hmm. there's a lot of material that he still has left like mm-hmm. in the vaults but yeah. nothing is like well planned or like is thought out before his passing as circles so what do you think um of the possibility of them releasing more mac miller material so like deep deep down i want it but i I, but i don't because like listening to circles i listened to it like as soon as it came out it was like 1205 and i was like oh i'm in my car like i need to like listen to this i drove around for a little bit and i was listening and like it just it felt like a goodbye you know and it wasn't it was sad it definitely was sad um i definitely cried especially <laughs> when i realized that he sampled so it goes on woods and i was like oh now i'm a mess yeah but um it felt like a goodbye it felt like and i, I don't know him personally so i can't say what he did or didn't want but it felt like still personal and felt like it's something that he would have you know like wanted like it felt like he was still in the project you know yeah even though he wasn't there like he well he was there we know because he recorded it but like (laughs) he wasn't there for like you know the rest of it like in releasing it and everything but it felt like a nice little like a hug almost and he was like you know like that's it so i know that there's music and i know that it would be good but i don't know just after circles i don't know that that's something I think that this is a good way to leave his legacy. Yeah. And so. especially since it was built as a companion to swimming, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a perfect time to sort of like wrap it up. Like, yeah, I feel like something that's underrated is just like an artist or sort of like, well, I guess it wasn't in his control to end it there. But mm-hmm. like for an artist's story to be wrapped up, yeah. maybe some people might think too soon, but honestly, at the perfect time, because I feel like well, we may, we may initially think, oh, we want more, we want more. It mm-hmm. devalues the impact of, like, I the stuff that agree. was in, like, the peak. I think as much as we want the music, and I know I do, like, I know I want to <laughs> hear everything he made because I've always loved his music, but, like, as much as I want it, I think we need to still hold that same, like, amount of respect. 
yeah. for his art. Like, you know, music is art. We need to have that same amount of respect for his legacy and who he was. Yeah, I think wrapping it up and having kind of a memorial sort of thing and having that, you know, sweet little goodbye and just everything being in like a nice little package because like the fact that he's gone still hurts yeah. but it's nice to know that there's like there's still that little goodbye there even though like i never got to see him in concert so i never really got like that kind of thing that like i said super never personal like connection yeah. but like i still physically. feel like that connects him to everyone yeah and i i would because like so far they've done an amazing job with dealing with the concept of a posthumous release. Mm-hmm. I feel like so many posthumous releases have come out recently for people such as XSX Tentacion and Lil Peep. And while well, I guess really only the former has like some rocky parts to their Yeah. <laughs> that's understanding it, but I still think that the posthumous releases from each of them were not handled well. Yeah. It came across as just them just like robbing from throwing their grave and, just like yeah. throwing it on there like yeah. the last i don't even know if it's gonna be the last is like honestly believe they do not care they could keep pumping oh, yeah. out x albums until uh-huh. like he's rotted yeah he's barely on like a lot of the songs they just yeah. find the scraps of what was found and yeah. just like threw on guest rappers guest artists and like yeah <sighs> i just i think that's so cheap and at least to me especially with how much Mac means to me. And I know that Mac means a lot to a lot of people. Like, I'd, just to cheapen his work like that, cheapen his art like that, cheapen his legacy like that, I just, I, I don't think I would want that. Yeah. I would I would want to hear it. And I know that I'm nosy and I would want to know. <laughs> and I'm always going to want to know, but I don't. Yeah. And a- another reason I think this would be he to stop here is that this is an amazing album. It's oh, it's so good. Yeah, I think we can so dive good. a bit deeper into yeah. the record itself because, like, it's not a flashy album. I'd I'd be no, very surprised if it was a flashy album. Like, yeah, it's, like it's such a album with the this grave sort of background. Right? Just sort of oh, had yeah. like oh, <laughs> and he never yeah. really was an artist, or at least not for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, there's a lot of songs that are hard to listen to, even oh, for someone who isn't as personally invested in Mac, like mm-hmm. songs like Complicated, yeah. Good News, yeah. Woods, Woods, Woods Surf. Me every single time. <sighs> I just, um, Surf, yeah. Surf definitely got me because like he has that one line on the song that he's like, you know, let's grow. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm crying again. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is an emotional episode, y'all. But It was um, bound to be. It was. But, like, he has that line, and he's, like, I don't know. I just, especially in the context of knowing that he was, you know, fighting the demons that he was, like, it's very clear with that line that he's, like, I want to grow. Like, I want to I want, I be better. Like, I want to do better. I want to, like, be okay. Because I think that as good as this album is, we could tell that he wasn't doing all right when he recorded it. Yeah. Because, you know, addiction is a hard thing to deal with. And I've I've never experienced it and I don't want to speak for anybody who has because that's not my business. But you can you can tell. Yeah. So And I, I feel like even like from a artistic standpoint, like there are a lot of artists who tackle this type of stuff in music and while it is always complicated to sort of like criticize this stuff, sometimes they don't really express it in the most like artistic or like yeah. ways. But I still think that Mac does it amazingly on this record. Like, mm-hmm. so many, like, 
so many of the lyrics here just like so quality so personal so poetic like when i heard good news like Mm -hmm. there's so many i feel like calling them quotables isn't exactly the most yeah respectful way to say but just like so many quality yeah heartbreaking lines like the ones that stick with you yeah and i feel like it's not even that one song that has that Mm -hmm. sort of it's it's feel like he put sort of what he was going through mm-hmm. in such beautiful words and such beautiful sort of ways that mm-hmm. it's it's some of the best oh, um, in recent years of agree. depiction of drug addiction, mm-hmm. depression, all that he's going through. I, mm-hmm. You can like you can feel it. Yeah. Like just listening to the song, like even if that's not something you've ever experienced, I think you get a good idea of what he was feeling like it's. It's a very like empathetic sort of thing. Like you definitely understand what what was going on yeah. in his life. And the music, I feel like it does well too. If we want to go to the in, sort of like more instrumental aspect of it, it's a it's a very laid back record. I'd be again surprised if like they try to go like oh boom bangers. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a banger or two on here or yeah, like I don't know more a beat kind yeah, of song. Yeah, yeah. Like I think hands was like mm-hmm. sort of something like that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I think it's, that one had like a little silly nature to it, which mm-hmm. I respect out of the album. Oh, yeah. It could have been so easy for them to just like want to just like sad, 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 just make it overbearing. Yeah. But like they gave it dimensions. Yeah. They gave it. Yeah. They weren't human. like human. He's, he's not just some tragedy. Yeah. Like, he wasn't death a tragic was character. Tragic, but like he's not just some tragedy. I feel like he's if they just. A person. If they tried to put only the saddest, most tortured songs on there, I feel like mm-hmm. it'd be. feel like it was like romanticizing yeah. his yeah. fate. I his, think, I think so. What happened? Absolutely. So that's why I respect songs like um, "Complicated" and "Blue World." While mm-hmm. they lyrically, yeah. they are very sort of sad, <laughs> like down and blue. Yeah. Yeah, but "Complicated" and "Blue" they have like a a beat, sort of like yeah. the synths on them are super bouncy and playful. Yeah, that's what I that's what I like. And like the blue, let me just say the blue world, like the sample at the beginning that's kind of oh, yeah. through the song is yeah. so good, and it's like very good. the instrumental has sort of like this like future based like EDM sort of sound to it, but like mm-hmm. in a way that sounds tasteful, the way that sounds like similarly like measured with the rest of the album, mm-hmm. and I've. I've seen so many artists try to pull off that sort of feeling. They like take EDM and sort of like incorporate it into your own laid back emotional sort of way. I've never seen artists do it as well as on Blue World. Oh yeah, absolutely. That is a magical song. It's it's really good. I um like I said, I was kind of out driving around a little bit listening to this album last night, and that song came on, and I was like, I like I didn't even know what to say about it. Like I know that I talked about how I was like boohooing last night over this album because. But you boohooed and bopped to this one. But like I couldn't even boohoo to this one, you know, just because I was I was blown away by it. Like, yeah, I really was just like, oh, wow, like it's. Yeah, and even like the more laid back songs, like the production on this album is like really good, like from a technical standpoint. Oh yeah. Um, it's just gorgeous. Like the interpretation is amazing. John Prine did an amazing job, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that he continued to work to make this passion project of Max come mm-hmm. to reality in like what I believe he wanted to be in its most true form. He did an amazing yeah. job on it. I agree. It sounds in th- like so Mac it sound well I guess yeah. I can't really say because Mac Miller fan does this sound truly Mac. Does it sound genuinely Mac? It does. Okay. It one hundred percent does. <laughs> Coming from someone who like who has just like listened to his music for years like literally since i was 13 i'm about to be 22 so for a long time <laughs> that is almost a decade yeah like almost a whole decade like he his music was like like very much defined my formative years and 
literally define one of my friendships, like I said. And it just, it feels like him. Because I feel like it's very easy with posthumous stuff to just throw it out and it doesn't feel like that artist. But, like, I can still feel Max energy in this. Yeah, like, 100%. instead of, like, sometimes I feel like posthumous releases feels like they're just grabbing whatever they could. Just like, oh, this this sounds this sounds, this sounds presentable. Yeah. We could fix this up with, like, a bunch of producers. This sounds like it was, like, a project that mm-hmm. was planned out. Yeah. It was meant to be at least something like this mm-hmm. or, like, very similar to this. And it feels like they tried to capture that. Yeah, it, like, it kind of feels like he's still here a little bit, even though, like, we know he's not, but... Yeah. Like, it it felt like it. Like, last night, when I was listening to it for the first time around, I was just like, wow, like, there's no way he's gone. There's no way, because he's, like, right there, you know? But, so they definitely did him justice, for sure. Yeah. And so, I think we might want to wrap this up too soon. Do you have any final thoughts on Um, Circles? My final thoughts, um, it's really good. It's exactly what I expected without being too predictable like it's and i think like i know we don't like to call albums perfect or anything but at least as a farewell it it was it's pretty perfect at least to me so yeah i think from the pure like goal of like wrapping up someone's career such as mac i think this was executed to the best ability i think it could Mm -hmm. um I think it honestly is a grower because like it's a very like meditative, very subtle album. So I don't yeah. think it's gonna be the one where you just like pop it on at a party. No, no, I would not. not. I would I don't not want to start crying at a party. I don't want to be at a party that has this playing. I need to go back to my car and just like sit, do a little boohoo and come back. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, it, it's a beautiful album, mm-hmm. especially <sighs> I think Woods and Surf particularly oh yeah those are my favorite tracks i think they're gorgeous i think my favorites have to be uh, also good news good news definitely um woods that one's so good Mm -hmm. surf uh hammond yeah i i think we have a lot of similar favorite tracks Uh, but yeah and honestly after this i feel i have to go back and listen to more of max stuff i feel like definitely i know blue side park gets a lot of hate but listen to blue side park it's it's good yeah. You'll you'll definitely understand why I think Max Energy is here if you if you go back and listen to that, especially um, the song Miss Calls. That's my favorite from Blue Slide Park. Check it out. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> just it's really good. That album means a lot to me. So, but yeah, Circles. Um, it was amazing. It was good. Thank you, Mac is Mac is. Thank you for this album. Missed we. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. This was an amazing project okay. and. I'll I'll never fully I think be pat like like kind of recover from his passing just because like I said he's one of my favorite artists of all time but he he was amazing and this this d- exactly does what it was supposed to do and especially paired with swimming this this was really good and I will I will miss Mac always but yeah. This um, makes me feel a little bit better in my heart. A little sad, but also good. Yeah, I don't know if you could tell a bit, but we're sort of at a loss for words. Yeah. So I think this might be a good time to wrap things up. Thank you guys so much for yeah. tuning in to the season premiere of Remix. This has been Jack Gillespie with my wonderful guest, Bailey Clevenger. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Bailey, for your talking. This yeah. Is, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. You can check out more work from us at Byte, whether it be more podcasts features reviews actually 
Bailey's working on a review for Circles that we may be seeing in the really close future. Within the next week or so, yeah. <laughs> It'll be there. Look out for it, y'all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, reviews, features, um, and a whole bunch of stuff at bbsu.com. Also, make sure to give us a follow on our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all at like ByteBSU. Um, yeah, Remix is a part of Byte, which is led by editor-in-chief Jeremy Rogers, senior podcast editor Eli Sokland, and our associate editor Kellen Harrison, and is a part of the Ball State University student media have a great day, everybody. Make sure to keep an eye out for future episodes throughout the year. This is only the beginning. Yeah. But for right now, we're signing off. <laughs>